This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Put down that IPA, pick up a muscle milk, and cheers it to the 120th U.S. Open champion, none other than Bryson the Scientist, D. Shambeau. Nick, he got it done by six shots. Are you as shocked as the NBC golf crew is, they couldn't believe what he was doing out there. Going into this tournament, you could have given me 25 picks, and I would not have picked Bryson. And I I love Bryson more than anybody else on this podcast. That's true. And I just thought there was no way. I get stuck in these stupid boxes of, like, you got to hit fairways to win U.S. Opens, and guys who Hit it 350, don't hit fairways, so no chance Bryson's going to win. And I I fail to realize what is really happening in the game of golf right now. And Bryson obliterates the field, just bombing it. Whether he hits a fairway or misses a fairway, it doesn't matter. He was consistent all week. I think his worst score was a 70. I could be wrong about that, but I think he shot like every, anything between 67 and 70. All week, he was the model of consistency. He just lapped the field. Six-stroke win. Oh, my God. What? Where is the game headed? I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Yeah, sorry for that computer misfire, folks. I was excited because I saw they posted how much everyone won in dollars for the U.S. Open. Can you take a guess on how much Bryson cashed today? I would guess somewhere around two mil. $2.25 million. Matthew Wolf, you finished... <laughs> Six strokes back, shot a five over 75. No birdies today. Takes home a cool 1.35 million for second place <laughs> Not in bad. the U.S. Open. Almost no. a million less than the winner. But, okay, my biggest gripe about this entire week is I downloaded the U.S. Open app Ugh. on Thursday. Terrible like everybody app. else. And every time I open it, it asks me to update. I'm like, I've had this thing for 24 hours. How could there possibly be an update? No. It's an it's an embarrassing app. I was gonna save that. You know what? Let's we we, we gotta get back to Bryson. I wanna save the person who works for the PGA slamming the USGA. I wanna get your take on that later because I know the rivalry is strong between the two organizations. Nick, Bryson DeChambeau, it was a two horse race yesterday and today. It was basically these guys all weekend. There were a couple times where, you know, other guys were becoming a factor. Um, Patrick Reed 
looked like he was going to run away with this early in round three and then becomes an absolute non-factor. This tournament wolf goes out. He shoots that crazy front nine on Saturday. But I guess my big thing is this was a two-horse race for a long time. And then all of a sudden, Bryson just puts the pedal to the metal. And this was a day where literally no other golfer broke par. Bryson shoots 67, makes one bogey. And my criticism has always been the wedges, the short game. I know the putting is good, but just those touch shots. How can you do that with also having this extraordinary power? But I'm an idiot. Bryson is incredible. I've never seen anything like it because it's not like really the only comparison you can make, I think, is to someone like Tiger Woods in 97, right? Because Tiger did it in a way that no one had seen before, and he's blasting the ball by Monty 60 yards, and they're just so in awe, and he did it at Augusta, and Augusta was the course where you can't do it at. It's obviously a much different circumstance, but Bryson is hitting the ball in ways that no one else does. I mean, you look at these shots, he has 240 yards in on par fives in this thick U.S. Open rough, and you're thinking, oh, well, I hope he can advance the ball 60 yards. It's like, no, he puts it on the green. There's really no place that he got in where he had to, like, pitch out and resign himself to make a bogey. Like, he just took everything on, and he dominated. He won the tournament by six shots. I'm I'm literally speechless. Um, what... I- I, what, do you, I, what do you want to go to first? Do you want to go to, like, is, we've is got this so going to change things. golf? Yeah, we've got, is it going to change golf? We've got Bryson's future. We've got Matthew Wolf. We've got our picks to, to relive. Why don't, um, we start with, why don't we start with, is this going to change golf? Because the answer is no. The answer is, really? is it? well, I don't think it's going to change golf now. I don't think you're going to have, like, Bryson's contemporaries go I mean, I just put a Twitter joke out there from the from the At The Turn account. It said Brooks Kepka is going to do nothing but bench press and squats between now and the Masters. But I don't think you're going to have players that are Bryson's contemporaries go out and try to put on 30, 40 pounds. Did, did you catch Bones yesterday on Saturday during the broadcast? Late in the day, he said, look, if you've got young kids or if you're a young kid looking to play golf, like no. <laughs> 11, 12, 13, like – Literally, the only thing you should be focusing on is swinging as hard as you can and hit it in swing speed. All about speed. Swing as hard as you can. Don't focus on anything else. This is where the game is going. Don't worry about it. All that stuff will come. Just hit it as far as you can. That's the only thing you should focus on. Well, I will say Matthew Wolf hits the ball a hell of a long way, too, and his body is much different than Bryson's. But he Absolutely. Has- Definitely his own way of doing things with his weird little pre-shot knee move and just his swing in general. But, I mean, dude shot 30 on the front nine yesterday, and aside from kind of leaking oil down the stretch, was right there with Bryson, even though he did have a two-shot lead coming into the day. But I'm surprised to hear Bones say that. Maybe it's true. I mean, we talk about it on this podcast all the time, Nick. Whatever happens in golf, people overreact to it greatly. I mean, Paul Azinger said that Bryson DeChambeau is going to be like on a tiger-like pace now. Now He did say that. That's no. nuts. Bryson's 27. This is his first major. I'm not saying his accomplishments aren't impressive, but that's a ridiculous statement to make. I don't think golf is going to change. Maybe like, okay, to your point with Bones, maybe in a decade or so, you'll see some kids who are like 14, 15, instead of working on the short game, putting on a bunch of muscle and trying to pound the golf ball. I just think you're a ways away from seeing that. I don't have any facts to back this up, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> I feel like the most golf has changed 
in the last five to ten years has been reactionary to Bryson. I mean, he he brought a compass out on the golf course, and then they said no compasses. He loved he, that. He, compass. he, 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 tried, he tried to put side saddle, and they said no side saddle. So I feel like the USGA and RNA, for whatever reason, they've had a bone to pick with Bryson. He, he, he finds these ways to do things He's that are different. He's a disruptor. He is a disruptor. He absolutely is a disruptor for how much I hate that term. It's true. And he's the only guy who the governing bodies of golf seem to react to and change the rules for. Like, there's all this evidence. We've had a whole podcast on the distance debate. But I wouldn't be surprised that it, if more action is taken on Bryson's one win here at the U.S. Open for the distance Whatever the debate, whatever happens, happens. More action from this win than the last 20, 30 years of data combined. Eh, I got to disagree with that because Augusta Augusta National has changed their goals dramatically to make it longer to try to stay modern with the game. Like, so what do you think the USGA's response is going to be to this at Torrey Pines? Is the rough going to be crazy? Are they going to try to extend holes? Like, what thing would be noticeable to try to combat distance? Because it, well, the problem is Bryson hits the ball pretty damn straight, too. He's not the most accurate driver in the world, but I think in those total driving stats, he's toward the top where you take accuracy and distance into account. And if you make the golf courses too long, then aren't you just making the course more susceptible to a big hitter like Bryson? Absolutely. No, I don't think it's – about the courses changing, I think this is the first time you're going to see actual rules change. I don't know if it's going to be rules, if it's going to be ball, if it's going to be equipment, if it's going to be technology, but I think there are, they're going to finally say, okay, this is the point where we say enough is enough. And, and I praise Bryson for, for doing this. And I don't know, we'll see what happens in the next five years or so, but nothing has happened in the technology, in the equipment standpoint for who knows how long. But I think this is the thing that especially you see Matthew Wolf, who's playing in his first U.S. Open, who had a two-stroke lead going into the last day after hitting two fairways on Saturday and shooting 65. There were probably so many 60 to 80-year-old men saying something now needs to change that they haven't been saying for the last 30 years. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the next two to three to five years, things start changing on the equipment, the technology standpoint. I just find that so interesting because only one guy finished under par. I mean, it's not like these guys ripped the course apart. Bryson didn't shoot 24 under. He shot six under for the tournament. No one else broke par. He shot 67 on a day where no one else broke par. Maybe one guy just played really, really well and took advantage of the thing he does the best. I think it has more to do with this being – an aberration sounds like Bryce is never going to win a major again, but I think it's an aberration from the standpoint of him being so dominant in a major where no one else was really competitive in the last six holes. I mean, this wasn't stressful down the stretch. This was a coronation. I mean, Bryson was going to win this tournament with five, six holes left. There, he, he showed no chinks in his armor. There was nothing that he did where you're like, oh, well, maybe Bryce is going to give it up. I think because I was, I was following it. Early, I, was, I played golf this morning, but it got to a point where I think Louie and Xander were even par. Bryson was three under, and Wolf was two under. And I was like, oh, we're going to have a chance. And then Bryson promptly eagles nine. 
and he makes a birdie on 12, and it's like, well, this this tournament's over. I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Bryson. My opinion on him does not change whatsoever. I think he is a I want to get into your dude. I want to get into your opinion on Bryson after I make this point. It's my final point on the kind of global take, but he has made a career of finding loopholes in the game, and the most recent loophole is I'm just going to bomb it as far as humanly possible. Literally, he's the longest hitter on planet Earth and goes and win the U.S. Open, which is the most protected trophy in golf. Like, everything – he's made an entire – it's not like he came on the scene and was just this – this kid who was hitting it like Matthew Wolf is the, is the opposite of that. He was just this kid, 21 year old who just hits it a mile. And that's one thing. But Bryson was here and he said, Oh no, the easiest way to win majors is going to be to just bomb it as far as I can, hack it out of the rough and become a above average putter. And that's how I'm going to do it. And now the fact that he's gotten it done, I think will inspire some change. I mean, that, that might be true. I don't, I don't dislike Bryson. I, I don't. I just think he puts off a very weird, very corporate, overly analytical vibe that I just don't enjoy. I like, I like golfers who have some flair and some weirdness about them. Bryson you don't is think so, we, <laughs> well, like golfers who have weirdness. Weirdness is not the right word. I mean, I know you're, you're, for reference, from Portland, it's a different, stratosphere over there but for the rest of us in this country and this planet it's a little bit different yeah we're we're in the sense of something could get froggy right bryson is so committed to be analytical as a golfer that nothing ever changes and to his credit that's what allows him to be successful i mean they talked about it at nauseam in the broadcast so i don't want to get into it too much but bryson's whole aura is just not something I'm down with. He very much, disruptor is the best word. He doesn't want to be part of the gang. Because you imagine Bryson going on vacation with like, you know, Jordan Spieth and, and Justin Thomas. He's the same age of those guys. He, 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 he played college golf with those guys. Bryson is not friends with those guys. I don't think Bryson wants to be friends with those guys. He views it as a very competitive, antagonistic relationship. And I think that's also his relationship to the game of golf. But I think it's what allows him to thrive. As you were saying, he's someone who tries to find every single loophole, every single advantage to make him a better golfer. And sure, it has allowed him to have some nearly unprecedented success. I mean, this is one of the largest victories in, in U.S. Open history. He won by six shots. But I just don't personally enjoy that. Now, I'll say that I can't stop watching him because it's like a car accident, even though it is successful. It is so strange to watch someone play golf this way. It's not something I really enjoy. I can't put my finger on it other than it feels like he has hacked the sport in a way that makes it less fun. Because while Tiger Woods also played golf in a way that didn't seem relatable, the way he plays golf is so unrelatable in every single way it just doesn't make it something that I enjoy watching. I don't want Bryson DeChambeau to be the best golfer in the world. I don't. I just have a a statement, I guess, to make for all the people who hate. I mean, there's so many Bryson haters out there, and I get it. Um, Do you get it? Well, here's an analogy that maybe in some way, shape, or form will tie back to Bryson. 
when I was in eighth grade, I took a Spanish class. And my Spanish teacher, Miss Chapman, we every every week we had a culture lesson. So we'd learn about the culture of a different Spanish speaking country. And she prefaced the lesson with no es bueno o malo, es diferente. Which basically meant it's not better or worse. I hope I didn't push that too bad. It's not better or worse. It's just different. So like, cause we're a bunch of eighth graders and ninth graders who, who instantly start making fun of everything that we see that's different. Right. And I feel like that's the same with Bryson. It's, it's not better or worse. Although maybe it is better. It's just different. Like you're going to, what you're going to see is going to be different than what you're used to seeing. But. And everybody, I think there's so many people who just instantly hate on everything he does because it's different than what they're accustomed to. And he, but he, but it's him. It's so genuine. It's, it's what he believes in and it's led him to a path of success. And if he didn't, if, if he listened to all the criticism and debated and wavered, he would never have the confidence to go out and win the U.S. Open by six strokes like he did today. But here's the thing. If he did all this and played golf this way and did it with a personality that actually resembled a human being, I would be on board. And I think that's what it is more than anything else, Nick. I don't think it's the science stuff. I don't think it's him slamming seven protein drinks during the final round of the U.S. Open and him saying my way or the highway. Like, it's it's just the way he goes about it, the way he conducts himself. He's not Patrick Reed in that he, like, disgraces the game in the way that he carries himself it's not so much that it's just different it's just he's you know he's kind of a d-bag that's that's really all there is to it like he seems like he's probably an okay dude like maybe he's not but his whole vibe is just bizarre and it's 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 beyond the way he plays golf it's the way he carries himself it's the way it's just the way he carries himself. I, I'm, I'm just not into it. And I, I really don't feel that way about a lot of players, but I think that's what it is, not only for me, but for most people. Fair enough. I mean, let's move on. Let's move on to the next conversation. Can we – because Patrick Reed was so bad yesterday. Want to talk about him? Yeah, I want to talk about the Bryson-Patrick Reed pairing. Oh, what, what about your, it? What was your reaction when you saw that the final group of Saturday at the U.S. Open was Bryson and Patrick? I'm like, oh, my God. Like, potentially the most hated pairing you could possibly put together in golf. The U.S. Yeah. Open wouldn't even put this pairing together on Thursday and Friday when they're, like, making a mockery of the pairings because it would be too obvious of how blatant it would just be a pairing of people people hate. And now it's the it's the the final group on Saturday. It's too bad. It's too bad, Patrick. It wasn't a Sunday pairing. That would have been fun. Oh, no, it would not have. I, Patrick Reed. I mean, just you're you're right. It is it is almost too much of a parody to to be a reality. I mean, Patrick Reed is, and, and we've what was it, episode sixty five? We didn't do it too long ago, where we did the giant yeah. deep dive into why Patrick Reed is. It's, Check out that episode. If you're listening right now, hit the pause button, go back, scroll back, episode 65. It was in early May. Just listen to that Patrick Reed episode. One of the guys, one one of the guys in my foursome is is from Germany, and um, we we were playing this morning, and Patrick Reed came up, and he said, Joe, let me let me ask you a question. Wasn't Patrick Reed a Ryder Cup hero for for you guys like two or three times? And I said, yeah. And he's like, and you guys still hate him? And I said, yes. That's how bad of a guy he is. He is literally a Ryder Cup hero and won Ryder Cups for us, and we still don't like him. 
Uh, I'm glad he faltered. I, 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 I took great joy in watching him melt down on the backside yesterday. That was, a, that was a, a lot of fun. He ended up finishing T13. I mean, look, early on Saturday, it looked like Patrick Reed was going to win the U.S. Open. He was most in control of what was going on. His putting was remarkable. And then it just kind of fell apart, and Bryson ascended. Um, that pairing was awful. I purposely cleaned the bathroom yesterday and, and, and did chores and kind of had to open, like, <laughs> on in the background. I had a lot more fun watching players earlier. Um, I don't enjoy watching him swing a golf club. I don't enjoy, you know, looking at his face. My buddy Dane, um, his his girlfriend said, Patrick Reed looks like a manager that I used to have who asked me to get a boob job. And I was like, yeah, that is the Patrick Reed vibe. Like, he's just not. He's not a good dude. He cheats. Did you see that there was a video where it was a close-up of his ball? Oh, he had a my chip God. And he patted. I did see that. Yeah. I mean, how does he not know? Like, and, and when is he going to get called on this stuff? So for folks that didn't well, see it, there I was a video of him. That's not the hill I'm going to tie on. Okay. Well, I'm just going to mention it in case people didn't see it. It's another, it's another chapter in the book of Patrick Reed's questionable behavior. So podcast, he, had, he had a chip. It's probably true. He had a chip, and he sort of tamped down the grass behind his ball as if, like, he does it in a way where you can say, okay, maybe he didn't mean to do it, but because it's Patrick Reed, you know he did it, and he improved his life. If that was Justin Thomas, nobody even tweets that video out. You're right. You're absolutely right, and that's why it's better I'm not, to be just I mean, I honest. guess that's as far as I'll defend Patrick. I'm not defending him. I guess technically I am defending him, but... Well, these are your guys, Nick. Defend, defend the pairing of Reed and, and DeChambeau because you. Well, it's just guys. fun. It's just, it's just fun because because you're looking at like, I, from my perspective, I used to like Patrick Reed a lot more before I learned about much of his background. Um, I, I loved his cockiness. I thought it was oh. I thought it was inspiring. Um, and oh. Bryson, I just yeah, I know. And Bryson, I just um, I just love the way he goes about being different and owning it and just being himself and just in like. I think he deserves it. I mean, like, nobody works harder than Bryson, as you heard on the broadcast today. I think well-deserved. A Bryson career with zero majors wouldn't quite feel right to me. So now he's got as many as your boy Dustin Johnson, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, that's as far as I go as defending them. But I think it's fun when I know that everybody else hates these guys and they're in the final group with their U.S. Open. So to get to Bryson, now, I think they said this during the broadcast, but there's only three people who have ever won an NCAA championship individual, a U.S. amateur and a U.S. Open. It's a pretty good list, Nick. You got Tiger Woods. You got Jack Nicklaus. You got Bryson DeChambeau. Seven PGA Tour wins now for Bryson. The next two majors are both the Masters, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I want to get to this. Is Bryson's style sustainable so he's 27 we're both in our mid-30s now i'll say this much i could swing a lot harder for a lot longer at age 27 than i can at age 35 i played 18 with a cart today and boy these dogs are barking now i don't do what bryson dechambeau does in the weight room but you know can bryson do what he does or what he did today for another decade and still be a golfer in his 40s i think so okay i I do too. So I think, I think it's a little different because Tiger had to change his swing multiple times because the amount of torque he put on his body, his body started to break down, right? All the injuries, that sort of thing. I think Bryson is more 
Robotic. Robotic, but also careful about the way that he prepares his body. I think Tiger prepared his way, his body in a way that says, I don't care what the future is going to bring. I'm trying to win right now. Where I think Bryson does things in the short term, but also with a lens to his long term. So what I mean by that is, I think as Bryson ages, he will, as he ages, find a way to continue his sort of muscle power stuff but maybe do it in a different kind of way as he gets older. Does that make sense? Like he'll he'll well, he'll he'll continue on this method, but he'll have to do it in a different way. And I think he'll adapt quickly in a proactive way instead of being reactive. That the, the last thing you said is the most accurate. He will adapt in a quick and proactive way. Bryson's style of golf is not power hitter. It's not bomb and gouge. It is. I'm going to find the most efficient way from for me to shoot a low score now. So for this year, it's put on the weight, hit it as far as possible. When he's 45, that probably won't work. So maybe it's I'm going to hit 100% of my fairways and be dialed in from 195 and just play to that number and get it dialed, whatever it is, whatever – is going to give him the best chance to win is what he's going to focus his strengths on. So he is 100% adaptable in the fact that he's 27 and has the ability to bulk up to like 245 and just pound the golf ball. That's what he's going to do. But when that no longer works for him, it's not like he is going to become irrelevant. It's going to be, okay, he's going to find the next best technique to give himself the lowest scoring average. He's going to look at what changes, what dials can I make, turn to keep that scoring average as low as possible, whether it's bombing the ball, whether it's making increasing his percentage of putts from like a couple of feet further out or whatever it is, he's going to find it and he's going to do it. So that's his style for me. His style isn't just bombing it. His style is finding what's going to give him the lowest average score. And over the course of the year, that's going to benefit him the most. Like him or not, he's here to stay. U.S. Open winner, Bryson DeChambeau. Nick, do you want to get to our picks? I, I would kind of love to get to our picks. Oh, I know, I, I know, I know I said I would not have picked Bryson and I would not have picked Bryson, but I feel like, I feel like we put together some pretty good picks for this week. Well, I can't really say that. Two of my guys missed the cut. <laughs> you ended yeah. up good. You ended up good. So here we go. I had, uh, as my dark horse, Phil Mickelson, who, by the way, was two under through two in this championship. Unfortunately, he unfortunately, he played his next 34 holes, 15 over, missing the cut by a pile, plus 13. Tommy Fleetwood, never a factor, plus eight. He missed it. That was my contender, my winner. He was he was around all weekend, Nick, but never really had enough to mount a charge. Guy couldn't never hit a in real contention. No. Guy guy couldn't hit a fairway. Uh, Xander Schauffele. Finishes solo fifth, plus four. Xander Schauffele's played four U.S. Opens, and he's finished tied for six or better in all four of them. That's damn impressive. He's got to be one of the favorites going into Augusta. Um, Nick, your dark horse. Mm. Your dark horse. My dark horse was juicy. He was four under (laughs) on the front nine. He was four under through nine. Um, Joaquin Neiman, he ended up going 68-73. 72, 77. Uh, he finished tied for 23rd at plus 10, 
when you say plus 10, it doesn't sound good, but tied for 23rd, Joaquin Neiman at 125 to 1. If you didn't put a couple bucks on him, you were probably shaking in your boots after that front nine on Thursday. <laughs> I love, I love the, the potential of an at the turn listener to have heard that podcast, see the front nine, had debated putting 10 bucks on Joaquin Neiman, decided not to, and then kicking themselves for 20 minutes before he came back down oh, to earth. Man. I hope that person Can exists. Can you imagine God being like, you. who the hell is Joaquin Neiman? What the hell? He's minus four? <laughs> that, well, was, was, you probably four. think at that point, all he's got to do is play even par for the last three and a half days and he's going to win this thing. <laughs> Lacey was very impressed with Joaquin Neiman in your pick after the front nine, and then he came back down pick. to earth. What a good now, pick. I will I say, have... Oh, please, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, um, Lacey, the announcer for At The Turn, my roommate, and Ashley, your wife. If, boy, I got to correct that. She's my girlfriend. I love her very much. If I just left it at roommate. Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> she gonna, is there some sort of promotion? Yeah, definitely. Um, they both went with Ricky Fowler, who shot a good first round. Where did Rick finish, Nick? I'm going to scroll way oh, down man. here. Down. Let's down see. There. Ooh, just oh, T49. Baby, T49. Uh, he shot 69 on day one, shot 79 today. So mm. Ricky, again, will have to wait another major uh, before he can try to get his first one. Nick, I really want to talk about your winner, who you picked to win. Because Dustin Johnson ended up plus five, T6. I don't think they showed Dustin Johnson hitting one shot this weekend because he was never really in it because the first day, the fellas lit the course on fire. We hear winged foot's the hardest U.S. Open venue, so on and so forth. 22 guys broke par the first day. Dustin Johnson, not one of them, shooting 73. And even though he went 70, 72, 70 over rounds two through four, damn respectable in a tournament where only one guy finishes under par, never a factor. So my question to you is, are you impressed that DJ finished in the top 10 or because he put himself so far behind the eight ball that he was never a factor in this tournament and because he proclaimed this is the best he's ever played, he held, I think it was four consecutive 54-hole leads in the PGA Tour coming into this event, never a factor in the U.S. Open. How would you sum up his tournament? I would say very good. Really? One guy broke par today. One guy in the entire field broke par today. Uh, Dustin Johnson shot even par today. One of a few guys to do that. Who not cares? play over par. Well, I care. I mean, you can't just I, look. He had the best chance to win going into the week. So from that standpoint, it's a disappointment. But obviously, the field is going to have a better chance than the the guy with the best chance on any given week. He finished tied um, tied for sixth. So he had one bad round in three good rounds, 70, 72, 70. Um, yeah, I have no not, shame in that pick. If, if those rounds were in a different – no, it was it was not good enough, clearly. But if those rounds were in a different order, he would have gotten much more attention. I did not see one shot he hit this week exactly because he had a bad round, bad, a bad round on Thursday. But if he would have gone 70, 70, 72, 73 – we would have seen a lot of him this weekend. Um, but, Nick, we're sitting here after another major Dustin Johnson did not win. He is that's 36. Fine. A lot of guys he's didn't not, win. Right. He's not getting younger. Th- yeah, but we have to hold him to a higher standard at this point. because well, Dustin, Like you said, we've got two Masters coming up. An- another tournament he's never won before. Look, Dustin Johnson 
for him to come into this week and not be a factor at any point during the tournament to actually contend for this thing. Now, look, I'll say this. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, but, I don't but, know. But, a lot of guys weren't a factor. If you have a bad yeah. first round and you're not on the top 10 of the leaderboard, that's fine. If you still have three good rounds, it doesn't matter when they came. You play 72 holes and you see where your score stacks up. If you were, if you happen to come from behind with a great, with one of your best rounds on the last day, who cares when it came? Yeah, he wasn't going to win. Sorry. Sure, that's fine. A lot of guys didn't win. You know who else didn't win? Phil, Tiger, everybody. Everybody but Bryson didn't win. They all wish they would have shot six under. Four amateurs beat Dustin Johnson in the first round in Wingfoot. So what? How he many of them beat him for 72 holes? Oh, I'm sorry. For he, he has to be better than that in the first round of this golf tournament. For him to say this is the best I've ever played, and basically to – what he did by saying that was he put his reputation on the line. And I don't think it's going to be talked about enough. He basically came out and said, this is the best I'm playing. I'm supposed to be the best golfer of my generation. In his age group, he has won the most of anybody. He is the guy. The Adam Scotts, the Justin Roses, Dustin Johnson, that group, the guys who were in their early 40s to late 30s, Dustin Johnson is by far the best of them, and for him to only have one major championship is unacceptable. It just is. If he finishes his career with one major championship, he could win 30 regular tour events, and he will be deemed a disappointment. Every single major that passes that he doesn't win, his place in golf history gets lower and lower. I don't care how many regular tour wins he wraps up. So it just okay. doesn't matter to me. If he wins two, is that okay? If he got to win three or four? If he two, is, fill status? two is fine. Two is fine. Three is better. The list of guys who have won two majors, it's pretty long. Well, and John Daly's case, on that list. So exactly. you got to get there. If you're behind John Daly on that list, baby, it's tough. It mm. is tough. I think it's, it's a disappointment. I think it's a disappointment, and I really hope he comes to Augusta and actually contends in that tournament, especially after what happened at the PGA. He was the leader after the PGA, didn't win. I'm just I'm just bummed. I, I, I wish you would have contended and surprised that he didn't. Um, you sure. mentioned Tiger and Phil. Not much to talk about there. Very uninspired miscuts from those two fellas. All right, Joe, why don't you tell the people about Precision Pro oh. for the next 90 seconds? Oh, my gosh. So, folks, here's the thing. Golf season, it's not winding down. Really, it's not. By the time you're listening to this, summer has probably ended. A new season is here, fall, autumn. And really, it's one of the best times of year to play golf, as long as you're not around those ding-dong leaves that just, they obscure your golf ball, don't they? It could be frustrating. Well, if you can find your golf ball amongst the fallen leaves and you want to dial those yardages in, there's only one way to do it, and that's with Precision Pro Rangefinders. Get the, no more wristwatch. They're unreliable. You get the weird wristwatch tan. You don't need it. You get one of those fantastic Precision Pro distance. You're dialed in. Use promo code TURN10 at checkout. That's promo code TURN10 at checkout. You're going to save a pile of money on these gorgeous rangefinders. Impress your buddies. Best part, you know, when you have the watch, it's the digital readout. So I don't know if you're trying to pull some Patrick Reed types gamesmanship and you want to give your buddies uh, an inaccurate yardage because you're playing for five bucks a side, you want to get that advantage. Well, the Precision Pro. That's just for your eyes only, baby. You're going to know the yardages. They're not going to have any idea what's going on. Again, promo code TURN10 at checkout. TURN10 at checkout is how you save a pile of money on rangefinders at precisionpro.com. 
com. Now, Lovely. Nick, I Yo. mentioned the next two majors are both at Augusta National. Yeah. How who, juicy is that? Who, unless you have anything else in the United States Open. No. Who is your early favorite to win the 2020 Masters? I, I, I hate to be real. I'm going to... I'm gonna exclude Bryson from this because everybody's yeah, picking Bryson. Everybody's picking him because. Oh, no, I disagree. I don't think anyone's gonna pick Bryson. Oh, everybody's picking him because <laughs> the rough there is so much less penal than a U.S. Open, and he can just bomb it as far as he wants, and it'll be fun to watch. It, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna and be he's a got free two show. chances at that within five months. I mean, that's gonna be incredible. You know what I want to see, actually? Can I just digress for a second real quick? Sorry, I just had a thought. Can we get Bryson to compete in a World Long Drive Championship? How fun would that be? It would be fun. I mean, I don't think anybody would really care. I I think if you want to know, (laughs) I don't think they would care. Because you look at the, the driving stats on tour, and you look, oh, he's number one, and these are the best golfers, so... He, I mean, he is number one in driving distance on tour. I'm very confident that is the, that is the case. Um, Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself of that. No, I, I mean, I, I heard it, but I didn't verify it for myself. But I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's yeah. from a reliable source. Yeah. Um, I just think his putting is – everything that he does with the driver underrates the rest of his game. And Good point. I think his putting is so much better than people give him credit for because he hits the ball so far and he looks like such a freak doing it. Yeah, he's, he's literally – sorry to interrupt, but he literally led the tour in putts under 10 feet. He made 90% of his putts 10 feet and less. <laughs> I heard that yesterday. They're like, well, Bryson, 91.6% from 10 yeah. feet or in. I'm like, what? 90? 90 what? Like, what foot putt, Joe, are you 91% converting? Zero. There's, there's none. There's none. There's no footage that I'm comfortable giving that statement for. Exactly. Ten, imagine being 10 feet. So, anyways, um, I'll exclude him. TJ and John Rob. I mean, to be honest, going into this week, those guys were head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't think that one, one missed win at a U.S. Open precludes them from being at the top of their games. Those two guys are at the top of their games. The Masters is the next two biggest tournaments coming up. I expect both of them to contend in both of those events. Uh, my answer is Rory, which seems like a silly answer, no, perhaps. Because, well, the Masters is such an enormous monkey on Rory's back at this point. Even if he says it's not, it is. I mean, it's it's it would complete the career Grand Slam. It's a place where he had a famous meltdown at some point. He played well this U.S. Open. He finished T8. He never really could get it going to the point of contending again. 67 in the first round, 76 in the second in the second round in tough conditions. A really good 68 on Saturday, but 75 on Sunday. I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference. He would have had to shoot like 63 today to win. But I really like that Rory contended loosely in a major. I mean, he was up there after the first round. And it, it feels like he's starting to kind of figure it out again and, and, and piece it back together. Well, I think the opportunity exists for Rory to win the golf tournament because he's he's, he's, he's Rory McIlroy. That helps. 
Uh, I think someone like a Victor Hovland, a Sunjay Im, um, you know, one of these random kind of players, a Brendan Todd, uh, Rafa Cabreo, someone who maybe you wouldn't be like the first person you pick because, oh, those guys don't win major championships. Because there's no fans, I think it affords them more of an opportunity to win a major than perhaps someone like a JT or a DJ or a Rory, those kind of guys. Do you think there's anything to that, Nick? Yeah. I mean, if if you're saying that the players who would be affected by large crowds have an advantage with no crowds, then by that same token, anybody who it would not affect is at a disadvantage. So the guys who are used to it, the, the guys you mentioned, the Tigers, the Rory's, the DJs, the guys who are accustomed to that type of atmosphere and getting it done in those settings are therefore at a disadvantage because everybody else has this advantage that they're not battling throughout that, throughout that weekend. So yeah, I, I do see something to that. Um, I don't know if the, if that directly relates to why we've got two first time major winners this year or not. I think those guys were probably both going to get majors either way. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see maybe say we have four majors with no fans five majors with no fans, the next five majors after that when fans are back to kind of see how that plays out. It'll be very interesting to compare and contrast those. It will. I know we're both very excited for this Masters in November. And Did the, you get an email Masters about Masters tickets today? Uh, I haven't checked my email. No. Did you? Did you get I, some? I, I, are you going? I got an email about Masters tickets. I should have led with this. I should have led with this. How you did I not lead with this? You don't. You don't know what it says? It says I was rejected for the 21 ah. Masters tickets. And I'm Wait not the only minute. one who got this email today, so you might have gotten it. Okay, now, folks, this isn't a bit. If I actually find out that I got Masters tickets today, checking my email. Why the hell didn't I get an email from Augusta National? This is what I woke up to. Oh, my God. And then, and then I had another friend screenshot me his email, too. So it's, it's to go around today. Well, now I'm distraught. We better end this podcast. Um, <laughs> we don't have time for you to check your email. Well, okay. So, no, folks, look. I got, it, I got it yesterday. You got it yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check, make sure I didn't delete it on accident. Um, so, Nick, I'm, I'm, I'm working on an interview that I'm excited about for an upcoming oh, really? episode of At The Turn. Yeah, it's it's a little bit golf nerdy stuff, but it's uh, someone with the Oregon Golf Association. They're in charge of course handicapping, and she wrote an article in uh, Pacific Northwest Monthly about you need to stop complaining about the number one handicap hole not being the hardest hole in the golf course. And she says, you're wrong. It shouldn't be. And she said this whole formula for how courses are handicapped, it was a very interesting article. I think she'll be a great guest. So I'm working on that for a future episode. Lock about the turn. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then we also have the Masters in November. We have the U.S. Women's Open in December, which is going to be a lot of fun. Very yeah. excited for that. We also have, don't forget, folks, we have an unauthorized Tiger Woods documentary coming out in 2020. There's a lot to come on the golf calendar here still with three months to go left of this godforsaken, miserable year. So still some good stuff to look forward to. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah, let's uh, let's crank it all out. Okay, we're going to do that. Remember, precisionprogolf.com promo code. Turn 10. 
oodles of doodles and money on your rangefinders, it's going to be, well, it's going to be how you save strokes, Nick. Yeah, let's do it. Nick's had enough. Anyway, folks, enjoy the rest of your week. Congratulations to Bryson DeChambeau, the 120th United States Open champion. Major champion Bryson DeChambeau. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.